We all have this leader inside of us. We all have this brilliance, this power, this magic, but we forgot it was there. And I'm all about creating the space to help us feel as though we're safe to wake it back up. This Minimalist wants more. The Enough Isn't podcast is about having enough already. For more, visit IamEnoughIsn't.com. Hello and welcome to the Enoughism Podcast. I'm here with Kira Paulson, author of Rise Up and Awaken and Spiritual Entrepreneur. She also helps women publish their books through Freedom House Publishing Company, a publishing house for women. Her mission is to wake women up to their greatness. Love that. So welcome, Kira. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. You're so welcome. So Kira, tell me about awakening the leader already in you and the work that you do to help women step into their authentic selves. So I feel that we all have this leader inside of us. We all have this brilliance, this power, this magic, but we forgot it was there. And the way we were raised, the cultures we're in, the society that we play in, it seems to really like numb it out, quiet it down, shut it down, put it away. And I'm all about creating the space, the communities to help us feel as though we're safe to wake it back up. And that's really what I'm all about is like, how do I create masterminds and communities and groups of women where it's safe. It's safe to show up and share this power that's coming out. It's safe to show up and share the light, the visions, the truth, the things that are coming to you. Because when you can practice it in a smaller group where it is safe, it like gives you the muscles to then step forward and wake that up in the world. I love that. Do you think that women are more preconditioned than men or other genders to not feel safe? For sure. I mean, if you were to look 40 years ago, women couldn't stand and and share the way they share now. A hundred years ago, I mean, women were burned for standing and being prophetess and powerful women of light. I think this is just the way the world has been. This is how it's always been until now. And now it is safe for women to be bold, to be powerful, to be leaders, to be successful. And it's so exciting. What an exciting time to be alive. Definitely. What does that safety look like? I think what it looks like or what it feels like is liberation. Is that when you can speak exactly what is there inside of your heart to speak, when you can lead, when you can create, when you can write and not try and make it feel sugar down or, or, or like, what is the word I'm looking for? I feel like it's like, Let's not be as bright as we can be. The world's like, just dim it. Let's dim it. Let's dim it. And when you finally are feeling safe in who you are and this greatness and brilliance, that's the liberation of like, I will be fully who I am. And no matter how it lands, no matter how people receive me, no matter how people accept me, but just pure liberation, that's how safety feels for me, at least. Yeah, I think it was Helen Mira who once said her greatest life regret was that she didn't tell more people to F off. (laughs) I remember reading that and thinking, wow, I I really identify with that. Yeah, 
There is something about most of us are raised to be like really people pleasers, to be like the good girls, to make sure that we're doing things right. And not that any of that's like bad. It's just that it really does confine us because we're, we're here to change the world. Like women are here to shake things up. Women are here to heal. Women are here to bring this fierce gentleness And that doesn't really happen when we're people pleasing. That doesn't really happen when we are trying to be really good. I totally agree. And I know you practice kind of building and maintaining a sacred space for yourself. What does that look like for you? And how has creating a sacred space helped you thrive? Yeah, sacred space is my core to everything. It's the core thing that changed my life. And it's the core thing that I teach every woman I work with. It's like the ABCs, right? And so for me, I believe in finding a space in your home or out back that you dedicate to the communion with the divine and dedicate to the communion with yourself, your soul. And in my old house, I had this beautiful closet and it was like everything I loved. And I just had all my paintings and all my things and all my crystals And then when we moved, we didn't have a spot like that at this house. So I've created like a moving sacred space. Like in the summer, I actually have my sacred space outside. In the winter, I actually have it in the back of my pantry. (laughs) I have this little like nook of this pillow I sit on. I put my crystals around, but the practice is the same. And I think when we can create a practice that fuels our soul, that nourishes us, that awakens our gifts, everything shifts. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast from The Minimalists, and they were talking about the importance of moving things that are important to you in a place in your home where you see it. So if you stick your yoga mat in the back of your closet, you're never going to use it because you'll open it, you'll see it, and you'll think about it, you close it, and then that thought goes away and you're onto something else. So putting it in the back of the pantry, that's actually kind of powerful because you're always always there. You know, you need, you need sustenance, you know, spiritually and and food wise. So, right. It it is the place that I am fed. How interesting. (laughs) I love that. Spiritually I'm fed there and physically. Yes. Yes. I love sacred space. And actually it's something that I created a training on that everyone who listens to this episode, you're going to have a link where they can just get it for free. It'll teach them how to clean, cleanse, dedicate their space, how to create a practice. And I feel like that's what is needed right now in the world is more humans having a sacred space. I love that. Yes. I will drop that down in the show notes for everyone to enjoy. And I want to talk about that more because that relates to me very much because I am a minimalist and I'm a huge believer in creating your space. So my apartment in the middle of the city, I call it my Zen den. I have my little, my little meditation corner. It's very small. It's very simple. And I use it as like a living space. So I will collect things. For example, if I'm walking and I'm doing like a meditation walk, sometimes I will have this realization and then I'll look down and I'll see this beautiful feather on the road and I will pick it up and I will put it on my altar and it serves as a reminder that I'm in sync because I, I do believe that the universe sends you so many signs. And sometimes it's like, hey, this is really obvious. Hey, stupid, like, do not see what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and other times 
you know, maybe it's something where you don't even register. So anyway, you're reminding me of kind of like the idea of just making your space an extension of who you want to be, you know? Mm. I love that. I have the best story about a feather. First of all, I have a feather literally right on the other side of my computer right here. I took a bunch of women who were my mastermind up to Northern Idaho for a retreat last weekend. And even though I'm hosting the retreat, there's always like new downloads that come for me. And I saw this new vision that I feel like the divine is asking me to create. And it was like so big. And I'm like, oh, I'm already doing such big things. And I like have this like whininess, like, oh, why do you ask me to do even bigger things? I can't do it. And I was like, kind of in this, like, I feel like it's like almost a tantrum. And then in that moment, one of the ladies who came, she like picks up this beautiful feather from these blue herons. We were in a blue heron nesting zone and she picks it up. And as she hands it to me, her phone map goes off. Like it wasn't even turned on. And it says to keep going. And it was like this magical moment of literally the feather being given to me and this voice audibly that we all heard that says to keep going. And it was like, oh my gosh, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, when you're tapped into it, you experience those kinds of things more often. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It is a life of magic. It truly does create where you, you live in magic and that's a life I'd like to live. That feels really fun to me. Yeah. Do you have any manifestation techniques? Oh, so I do have one where I, I sit in my sacred space in the morning and I feel into the Kira who's already done these things, the things that I know I'm here to do, the things that I know I can accomplish. And I sit and I feel her, my future self. And then I actually like ask her, like, how did you get there? What did you do that if I can just take the shortcut instead of me doing like failure, win, failure, win, like just give me some guidance. And I'm always shown like little words will come out of my hands of like steps to take. And for me, that is like my best manifestation practice because it's like I'm living with the Kira who's already done these things. And that means that they've already been manifested. I think that's interesting to ask your future self how you got to that point, because (laughs) it, it opens the door for possibilities. Like that was when I was first learning how to manifest, that was one of my, my hindrances is I would, I would think about like all the logical ways something would happen. And then I've had so many events in my life where the way that something unfolds, the timing, the different conversations people have to have, there's so many facets It's just absolutely impossible that it wouldn't be orchestrated by something much higher. I mean, it's feasible, but the odds are just so incredibly small because there's, there are just so many bizarre things unfolding in my life that align with someone else's life that align with someone else's situation. Like it all just comes together. And then all of a sudden you look back, you go, wow, that was really cool. Right. Yeah. It's very fun. It's a very fun way to live life. It is. And that ties into the idea of being a stronger woman and Mm -hmm. stepping into your authenticity is letting go of that doubt and that fear 
And that voice that says, hey, you, you're supposed to be like this and you're not. It's kind of like when you go on Amazon and you start adding things to your cart that you think you want. And then a couple of months later, you look at it and you go, why did I want any of that? I don't need any of that stuff. (laughs) It's the same thing. (laughs) That's a great analogy. Yes. Very true. Yeah. So I want to switch gears and talk about your mastermind courses. So you put these all together yourself on your website. Well, I have, I have one mastermind right now. It's opening October 1st, but I've run multiple masterminds, but this one is like a mastermind on crack. (laughs) It's super rad. (laughs) And it's because I am doing it differently than I ever have before. One is that every woman who joins will actually get a book published with my publishing house, Freedom House Publishing Co. That means that the cost covers the publishing. So there's nothing holding an author back from becoming a published author. That's the biggest thing I wanted women to get is like, no, this is the place for you to birth your book. And I have a very distinct way of how I help women write their books And it's not writing, it's actually teaching them how to spiritually receive it. So women who work with me, actually, they write their books in two months and I teach them how to create successful businesses of light spiritually from the message in their book. That way they don't just write a book, publish it. And then it just like ends up in a closet in their house. Like if there's a message that needs to come through you, it also needs to be a business because that is how you impact the world. And I'm so committed to helping women make a huge impact of light in the world. I think it's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. (laughs) I told you, I I have like 12 books in my head, right? But if you're going to write a book that is filled with light, you're going to write a book that's going to bring transformation to humanity. It's like this water slide. It actually like pulls so much momentum into all of your work. And that is why I am so obsessed with this conversation. Like what if every woman who had this message in their soul brought it through all the other work that they're here to do, it just comes along. It just brings it through on this momentum river and you just got to do it. You will like be so invigorated when you bring a book through. Well, the writing process goes so beyond just writing. It's, mm-hmm. it's like to, to truly write, you have to like cut your vein open and let it bleed a little bit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's so beautiful is that when we spiritually receive the books, the words come out of our hands. And I will say that when I wrote my last book last year, there were words that would come out that I didn't even know. Like I literally had to like Google it. I was like, I don't even know what this word is. And that's when you know you're in in the space of flow with the divine, with writing, because words will come out that you, I like don't even remember writing half of the book. It just came out of my hands. And when we do that, that's like a sacred communion with the divine. It's very powerful when you could write and it just flows and flows and flows. Like, When I decided to launch this podcast, the first maybe three or four episodes, I was, you know, in quarantine and I just had this desire to just get stuff out. I just, I sat there easy. I just typed, 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 like 10 pages. And then I just recorded it and that was it. And it just, it's, it's a subconscious free flowing. I hadn't done that in years. And then I started looking at the entire world differently because all of a sudden that little creative bug, I just flip the switch up and yeah, yeah. 
And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you tap into that, like the creations don't stop. It's not like a one-stop shop. It's like you just went into Costco. The, I mean, just this morning, like I haven't planned on writing a new book. I mean, I've got a lot on my plate and um, I'm in my shamanic school this morning and all of a sudden my new book showed up and I was like, oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> this is how it goes. It just, the creations, when you're a yes, the creations will just keep flowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're a yes, the creations just keep flowing. Yeah, they do. And it's so yeah. fun. Well, that's what it is. It's breaking free from being a maybe or someday or yeah. I'll get to it later. And then 10 years later, you're still thinking about it. Right. And that's the prison that we live in. And I love to share that I am a mom to five kids. So I have kids from ages six to 16. And I know that many people say, okay, when my kids are grown, I'll write my book. When I've retired, I'll write my book. And the truth is, is like, we don't have time for that. Like the world needs more light. And now is the time you have it in your soul. Like it's gotta come out because the world is starving for more light. It's like thirsty for it. And when we do things spiritually, we're able to do more. So yes, I'm able to run businesses and raise five kids because I use my spiritual tools in every aspect of my life. Yeah. We are definitely making a new path that hasn't been created. Like my little girl. I mean, she's going to be a published author in a month. She just wrote her first book. And I'm like, hell yes. Like, can we please pave the way that we don't have to have requirements or all these like degrees or whatever? Like, if you have a message, like you are an author, the end, you are called to be this. You are qualified because the message qualifies you. And it just gets me so excited. I can't wait for her book to come out. (laughs) Oh, I love it. How old is she? So she's nine and she is just super magical. And about two months ago, one of the clients that I coached, she wrote all these amazing affirmation cards for kids and she published them into the world. And so I bought them for her and she sat there with these affirmations and she was like, mom, I think I have something inside of me like this. And I was like, here, I gave her all these pieces of paper. I said, bring it through press, bring it through. And she sat there for two hours and it was like, the girl was in the genius flow. And when she finished, she had written 40 affirmations that will knock your socks off. Like, I'm like, I swear I didn't help her write these. This girl just channeled this through. And I was so excited to help her get this book in the world. That's the best gift you can give a kid is encouraging them to be in their flow state, whatever that means for them. Like I did another podcast with a former business executive, a marketing executive, and he was talking about the importance of scheduling and just even trying to have one day without any meetings. So you can just be heads down and just be in that flow state, whatever you're working on. It's not always possible, but you could incorporate that, you know, even on a weekend, you have one day in a week where you have no responsibilities. If you want to go out in your garden for six hours or 20 minutes, you can go do it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds delicious. I need to do that. I need a full day of creation every single week. I'm going to like done. This is now it. (laughs) This is now. So (laughs) yeah. And you know, people say, Oh, I can't do it. How to, you can. I, I really do believe that, you know, maybe not an entire day, maybe it's even two, three hours. Right. And yeah. 
I think we all need to do that because creativity, whatever that looks like for you, that's not necessarily getting a paintbrush out. So the Writers Museum in Dublin, it's amazing. It's all of these notebooks filled with just, the notes are so organized. The handwriting is so beautiful. And it's just people's thought processes on paper, pages and pages and pages, these huge notebooks that are like two feet long. What? Yeah. And some of them, you can kind of read through them and, and you just think this is so amazing. You know, someone sat there in candlelight, no internet, no Instagram. (laughs) And Mm. like, if you wanted to put a flying buttress on a cathedral, you had to actually think about it and calculate it on paper. Mm. And I think about that a lot in terms of like really deep thought and how we're really missing that as a society. And it's not a bad thing that we have AI and we have all these processes to kind of do our thinking for us. But I think like the reasoning and the processing and why am I doing this? And like so many of my friends who are spiritually aligned or kind of coming into their spiritual selves, like so many of my friends, they say they've taken up meditation. This is just like just the average person. And I think, I think a lot of people are really starting to do that, especially with the pandemic. Oh, what do I really want? Why do I have this routine? It doesn't serve Mm. me. Yeah. Mm, So true. And that's really the fun that's happening in the world. There's a lot of dark, there's a lot of hell and pain and suffering, but there's this fun light that's showing up because people are going inwards. People are deciding to do their inner work. And as we all do that, like that's what changes the face of humanity. That's what shifts our world. That's what creates freedom and light and happiness. So even though there is so much pain happening, I believe there is an awakening that's occurring and that lights me up. Yes. And when I think about all the darkness in the world, all the sadness, all the pain, I also think about all the good and all the kindness. And Mm -hmm. those kinds of stories don't get uh, media time because they're not interesting, (laughs) you know, right. Right. Like play a game with yourself. If you do check the news, good story, bad story. How do I feel? Oh, sad, sad, angry, sad, that triggers something. That's really sad. That's really horrible. And just, just do a mental check-in and you realize almost everything you're looking at is, it doesn't serve you. You can't do anything about it. It just adds to your anxiety. So when you kind of remove that and you just think about all the good in the world, it, what is it? Mr. Rogers, who said, when something bad happens, think about the helpers. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful line. Yeah. That's the, that's the message. That's a good way to kind of like really sum up everything that we've shared about is like, even when there is so much heartache and pain and suffering, there is so much magic. There's so much light. There's so many helpers, spiritual helpers, physical helpers that are here to support us in our awakening, our gifts, our power, our light, and our purpose. I think we should have known that. Like there's nothing else to, there's nothing else to talk about. Like, Exclamation point. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. Well, Kira, thank you so much for joining me and I'll put all of your information in the show notes so people can learn more about you and what you do. Thank you. You've reached the end of the Enough is a Podcast. 
I'm your host, Yugen Bond. I'm a metaphysical author and have an ebook called Enoughism, This Minimalist Wants More. Now on Amazon, featuring interviews and musings on meditation, yoga, and mindfulness. Thanks for listening, and remember, you're always enough just the way you are.